Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. I think this episode is definitely one that you are going to enjoy and maybe help you think about some common sense concepts that aren't quite as commonly applied as we'd love to see them. So first, I want to welcome Jill to the show today. Jill, welcome. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am excited to have this conversation. You have a very unique background and approach to customer experiences, which is what we're going to be diving into in a minute here. For those who don't know you, uh, Jill's got over 25 years of customer experience. She grew up working with her parents who were owners and operators of a McDonald's store and learned how to apply Ray Kroc's customer service philosophy in that context. And then you followed your dream to be a fashion designer. So you have worked in New York, Italy, Hong Kong. You've been everywhere. You're fluent in five languages, trained as a chef at uh, Gordon Bleu in Paris. France became a food stylist. I'm curious about that. And within the food industry, you've worked with brands like Harrods, Godiva. That had to be yummy. Uh, food and Wine Magazine, Oprah Magazine, Good Morning America, The Today Show. You've got a crazy diverse background. You also worked in real estate and closed $22 million plus in real estate sales in New York and Texas. So you have taken that background of all these different types of business experiences and customer service, and you've turned it into consulting for companies who wanna create a five-star customer experience, which I think is such a cool way to apply that background. So I'm almost not sure where to start to dive in here, but let's talk about actually the concept behind your book first. You wrote a book called Transforming transactions into, uh, oh, no, now I lost the title. Interactions. <laughs> interactions, Trans- thank you. Transforming transactions and interactions. And that's what we were chatting about before we went, went uh, recorded here was this idea that so many people feel like numbers when it comes to the way businesses treat them. So tell me what inspired you to write the book and what your outlook is on that epidemic. Well, what inspired me is not only my own personal experiences, but what I hear people complaining about all Mm. the time in their experiences, what I read on Yelp when I'm researching for clients. And it's, it's crazy because I know as, as we discussed before that every business owner really does think that they're delivering a great experience. In fact, this brings a stat to mind that just, I love because it blows me away that 80% of executives and business owners actually believe that they're delivering a great customer experience, Mm -hmm. but only 8%, that's eight, single digit, 8% of customers agree with that. Ouch. I know. Ouch. Ouch. But but that's true. I mean, it takes 30 seconds on Yelp to know businesses are not doing the best job with customer service. 
And they don't, and the amazing thing is that businesses usually don't even respond on Yelp. So they yeah. have a huge opportunity, a window to reach out to those people yeah. who are disgruntled, who are happy to go out and tell millions about it, who could potentially ruin any new yeah. customer because I know for myself, if I'm gonna try a new restaurant or a new business, I'm looking for a trade, I go yeah. there and I look at reviews. Yep. And if they're not good, guess what? I go to the next one. I just keep scrolling. Yeah. And whether Absolutely. they're true or not, a lot of people say, well, they're not always honest and people get on there and you can cipher out. But when you see enough negative ones, it's right. not just one disgruntled person. Right. Well, so especially if they're not responding. Like that, that's one thing that I've run into when I go to look for, you know, somewhere to get my nails done or somewhere to eat. And I see a negative review. If I see a response from the business owner, and it looks like they're genuinely trying to fix the situation or like, you know, make it right. Then I'm like, okay, cool. This person cares about their business and they care about their customers. And it doesn't work as a negative in that case. It actually makes me more interested to go meet them. That's right. It shows they care. And at the end of the day, we as people, like we talked about before, I believe that people are people first and their customers yeah. second. And so as people and as customers, we want to know that the the business that we are choosing to spend our money yeah. and our time, that they at least care that we're doing that, that we've made that right. choice because it is a choice and there is plenty yeah. of competition. So yeah. it's better to mess up. Messing up is human. It's better to mess right. up, but it's how you deal with it that ultimately mm -hmm. will create that customer loyalty to you. That is so true because there are businesses where I've gone in and my first experience hasn't been overwhelmingly positive, but the way they dealt with it meant they had a customer for life That's because it. I felt like I wasn't a number, like they genuinely cared. Yes. Yeah. All the so 80% of businesses feel like they're doing a great job with this. As customers, we rate that maybe 8% are. That, that's a mind-blowing stat. Right. Um, where would you advise somebody to start? So if you're looking at your own business and, and kind of going, okay, well, I don't want to be in that, what is that? nine out of 10 who think I'm doing great here and maybe my customers don't. So where does somebody start to look at that and go, okay, how can I intentionally create a good customer experience? So I believe the first step before anything else, before you're hot, you hire, before you do anything, you need to establish your company's core values and okay. your mission statement. You need to figure out what's important to you. What's your brand promise? What does your business stand for? Mm -hmm. How do you distinguish yourself so that customers will choose to do business with you? Give them a reason for that. And once you've established gotcha. that, you need to have it very clearly defined and written down so that every decision you make after that is in alignment mm -hmm. with those core values. And then once you do that, the rest of it will fall in line. You'll create that culture of what you want. You'll express that culture and treat people based on those values. And the rest of it really falls into line. But before you do mm. anything else, you need to be crystal clear on that. That makes a lot of sense because when I think about companies that I respect that always have a consistently good customer service, that's one thing you see on the wall when you walk in or you see it on their website clearly is, you know, here's our values, here's our mission. And they weave it into everything they do. Yeah. And you feel yeah. it. So not only yeah. do you see it on their wall, but you can feel yeah. it, the energy, the happy, true team members, you can see and feel it when you walk in and that makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah, it, it really does. And I think sometimes we forget that some of the same things that work in our personal life work in business because in our personal life, we all have that code, right? We know what our values are and it's easy to make the decision of, no, I'm not going to take something from the store that I didn't pay for or no, I'm not gonna run that red light. 
But in business, we don't take the time to go, okay, what are the values my company has? Because you're right, when you do that and you know these are the things we stand for, it makes every decision easy when it comes to hiring, when it comes to how to deal with customer service, anything, because you and the people that you work with can refer back to that and go, okay, well, based on value number three, this is how we handle that. That's it. That, that what I think of as like your values and your vision, it needs yeah. to be it's kind of like your Bible. It's the roadmap mm. for you. And not only for onboarding when you're starting out, so you make sure that anyone you do hire is in alignment with and that yeah. they embrace and live by those values gotcha. by, by whom they are. So they're yeah. going to bring that into your business. And then, of course, in maintaining it. And so when you when you have that established, it really does make every step after that very easy because right. you can just say, okay, is this in alignment with what we're doing? And mm. if it isn't, don't do it. You know, make that choice, make that that change right there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great way to put it because that alignment really is so important. And I think one of the things that happens uh, is... Well, we see the example in big companies in the news all the time is people have gotten completely out of alignment with their moral compass or with their values. And then you have Enron um, or, or other incidences like that, where it's even beyond just a bad customer experience. It's, you know, outright breaking laws, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole, whole nother level of bad customer experience. Yeah. But having those values in place gives you something to steer by. So, you know, you mentioned in your bio that, um, you grew up with parents who owned a McDonald's and Ray Kroc, of course, with the documentary and the movie that came out and things, people understand a little bit more about the process of building that. Um, but what were some things that you learned specifically about values or customer experience from growing up inside of that? Gosh, I really feel like it was the foundation of, of my, my work ethic, um, mm. the way I look at um, interacting with people. And it was something that truly it nay because I was very lucky. My parents opened um, McDonald's number one fifty actually in the very early days, and it was where Ray Kroc's philosophies of you know putting customers first, putting Mm. people first, was really an an integral part. And I feel really blessed because from you know answering phones at the age of seven when I was too little to do anything else. My (laughs) sisters, I was jealous. So my dad set me up with something I could do and and working my way through every station Mm. and even in the office and really going to the the conventions and really taking in and learning Mm. about, I mean, I would witness my father, you know, how he interacted with everyone from the management to the employees, the customers, the maintenance guy. And the cool Mm. thing is, None of it changed. He, mm-hmm. he talked to and interacted with his management the same way he did with the maintenance mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And I really learned how he put relationships first. Yeah. And he would look at you, Michelle, like you were the only person in the room. Mm-hmm. And he made everyone feel that specialness. Yeah. He would take the time to connect with you and he would look you in the eye and he would ask about your family by name. It was that kind of mm-hmm. example that I had. And then of course the work ethic, you know, always trying to be the fastest and the best and nobody knew. Yeah. Well, of course, when I was really little, they knew I had to be the, the owner's child because they right. always, why would some young <laughs> child be working? They didn't have the, the same laws yeah. that they have in place today, right? <laughs> child labor laws, I probably couldn't do it today. But as a teenager, um, it was really important that nobody yeah. knew that I was the owner's child. And so I really did my best as an employee, mm. irrelevant of being, you know, related yeah. to, to the owners. That's so funny. 
Well, and I can imagine, you know, there, there is something to having the right culture in place in your company that inspires your employees to want to be part of it and to want to deliver high level service. Cause we've all had experiences where we've walked into a business or we've reached out or, or in some way started an interaction and we're like, this person clearly is not happy working for the company they're working with. I mean, I've walked into restaurants where the person is literally bad mouthed the restaurant or the owners. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if the owner knew this is what their employees were saying, this person would not have a job. Um, and that's scary, right? When there's that, that level of problem in the company culture. But Absolutely. all of those things touch what a customer's experience is like. And it really does kind of trickle down from the person at the top. Yeah, Richard Branson, I just read the other day, he's got all these great quotes, of course. And one of them that I love says, um, and excuse me, I might paraphrase, I'm not always great at the exact quote, but he says that you should train your people so that they'll leave you, but mm. then treat them well so that they won't. Mm, I like that. Yeah. But that's a good perspective to have. And I think, you know, on, on both sides, company owners have to be invested in their employees in that way of training them well and taking care of them. But on the other side, you want the employee to be invested enough that they want to stay with you and want to really be an advocate for your company and your brand. Well, you touched on a great point about investing in your people. Yeah. And I think people don't do that. I, what frustrates me is that I think the status quo in hiring for businesses of any kind is, you know, they, they bring you in, they, you know, they find you through an ad or a recruiter, depending upon the type of organization. Yeah. And then they bring you in and they just do like a quick fire hose boot camp, And they give you this, you know, right. boring single page, you know, single space, multi-page manual to read, which is boring. Right. And right. Then they, they don't really train you. They just quickly get you out because they need people working low in employment. Right. I mean, they just need a warm body. And they don't stop to make sure that that person is in alignment with, mm. with who they are and what they represent, because what they yeah. say and do represents the business, represents yeah. the owner and the management. And so yeah. I think that's a big problem is they just get people in and they don't yeah. go through the steps that I advise and consult my um, mm -hmm. clients with about hiring and onboarding. They just yeah. need bodies in place, but they pay for it in the long run if they don't put the time in up front. Oh yeah. And the cost of replacing an employee, most mm -hmm. people don't realize how huge that really is. It's, it's not just the time spent to find somebody new. There's a lot of hidden costs in having to replace somebody. And it's, it's funny because I've been kind of watching that process from the other side because my boys are both old enough now that they're working and going through that first job process. And I will not name company names, but some of them do not have a good onboarding experience at all. And it's kind of like, you know, why am I even going to work? I, my manager doesn't appreciate me. I don't feel like they care at all. And it's, it's one of those things that it's a good learning lesson of what not to do when you're the one in charge. That's right. That's yeah. sad, but absolutely yeah. right. At least they're, yeah. they're learning what to do. Yep. Yep. It's a good, it's a good example of, you know, and, and also how can you show up and still create a good customer service? Even if you're not the one at the top is a conversation that I've had with them because it's really whatever level we're at in business, it's still our responsibility to have those interactions with customers in a way that, like you said at the beginning is treating them like a human being and not just a number. Yeah, both for their pride in their work, you know, yeah. regardless of where you are and what position. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, going back to what did I learn? Yeah. That was a work yeah. ethic that I grew up in. And it didn't matter if I was supporting someone, yep. you know, serving the order, if I was counting bags 
was doing inventory, you know, whatever it was, it's your name on it. And you do it like it's the most important job there is. And if you are just starting out in a career, guess what? That's going to be noticed because Mm -hmm. sadly it's very rare today. And so it will elevate you much higher through the ranks to get what you want or to go off and do something else or something on your own. Yeah, but you put your all into it, and and regardless of what it is, and I think you prove your value and your work ethic. Absolutely, you know, and and for those who are listening to the conversation and thinking, okay, well, I'm I'm the head of my company, I'm the CEO, or the buck stops with me. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to actually value your customer experience beyond just hiring. So if you only have a few people on your team, you feel like they've already got it, or you feel like you're doing okay with it. One of the things to really realize, and Jill, I know you've, you've got a lot of experience in this area, um, specifically is when you're looking at how do you grow your business? When we look at revenue, most of the time, the first thing we think of is, oh, I need new customers. Let me get out there and do more marketing. Let me get more visible. When really the fastest way to increase your revenue isn't that at all. That's right. It's, it's going deep. You want to have a lifetime value that LTV is most important and people who already believe in you and believe in your product and have had that experience, they're going to spend 10 times more Mm -hmm. than they will beginning acquiring a new customer. And it's going to cost you statistically, it shows six to seven times more to acquire new customers. So why do that? If you treat your customers right, not only will they spend more with you, but they're going to then go on to Yelp yes. and they're going to tell their friends about you. So they yep. become your free marketing sales force, actually. Yes. So yes. That goes, you can lower your marketing budget. I mean, it's yep. just a win, win, win all the way around. I have seen companies that literally, and not just like brick and mortar companies like restaurants, but also entrepreneurs online who their entire business has exploded in a good way because they had just a few people who had such a great experience that they went and told everybody. And word of mouth really is that powerful that if you've got the customer experience set up right, your marketing kind of does itself. I mean, you think about some of the brands we're talking about, they didn't pay anything to get mentioned. They just have a great customer experience. So here we are talking about them. Because there's plenty of competition out there. Um, Another cool stat is Oracle did a study and they found that 89% of customers are willing to, and and do actually start business with a competitor following a bad customer experience, following one bad customer experience. The problem is it takes 12 good ones to replace that one bad. And you are not gonna get 12 chances to make it right. There's no. too many um, competitors out there who will yeah. make who will be happy to take the business from you. Yeah. 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 Well, and and it's one of those things that when we do put an experience in place, it really does treat our customers right. They don't just tell their friends about us; they give us feedback, and not just places like, like Yelp, but testimonials that when you put those on your website and when you use those in smart ways, it just creates a snowball effect of more people coming in, checking out your business, and trusting you because they could see, okay, somebody like me likes you. Yes, and especially when you are a small business, if you're a solopreneur or you have a small, you know, just a small business with a couple of people. Yeah really almost more so because it creates this intimacy mm-hmm. and it really comes down to that relationship, which yeah. we talked about, which is why I did write, you know, and my, my motto is transforming transactions into interactions yes. because a transaction is just a cold exchange of 
goods yeah. and services for money. There's no human element. Yeah. Interaction, you're really connecting. You want to serve that person for yeah. their interest. And um, that interaction creates that relationship. Relationships ultimately is going to bring you the long-term yeah. um, connection with, with both your business and anything else that you have to offer. And then it creates that consistency with what mm -hmm. you're doing. And ultimately consistency equals cash. Yes. Well, and what I love about what you just said is I think a lot of times we see it as a weakness or as a, a problem to overcome when we're a smaller business, but really it's a strength because it's so much easier for us to make the decision of, Hey, I want to have amazing customer service and really be able to get our values to the people that we're working with than a really big company. And so we actually have a, ban a, a bit of an advantage in this area. If we decide, let me create an amazing customer experience, well, that's on us. And it's not that hard to shift those things around and put them in place if you know what to do. Right, exactly. If you like take the time and really get someone who can, um, you know, if people can do it on their own, great. But what I've found is that most owners are so deeply entrenched yeah. in their, in their business. They're yeah. putting out the fires of the day. They don't yeah. have the advantage of looking at their business, you know, from that 30,000 foot view yeah. to come in and see things that would be glaring to yeah. someone like me or someone else, for example. But when yeah. you're in it, you don't see it. And suddenly well, when you just get this you know, this aha, when you hear someone pointing things out, it's like, oh my gosh. And it, they can be easily changed. It might take yeah. a little bit of time depending upon what's going on. Well, there are definitely quick wins. And I think sometimes it's a little bit scary to be the one trying to do that in your own business because actively reaching out and asking customers for feedback when they don't volunteer, you don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what issues you might run across and having somebody guide you through that process and help you to do it in a way that actually prevents those fires before they start yes. is hugely valuable. So for those of us who are growing and scaling companies, it's smart to look at this now versus down the road when you think, okay, well, when I have, you know, at least 50 employees, then it's time. No, actually it's time right now to consider these things before you get to that point, because it's better to get the great feedback now, get things in place then try to fix a fire after it starts. Right, you don't wanna scale and take the problems with you to the exactly. next level you know, of whatever you're doing. That's kind yeah. of crazy. So you do wanna get it right from the beginning. Yeah. And, and what I think is really important, you touched on something that triggered a thought, Michelle, is that it's important for the business owner to really put their ego on the shelf. Like yes. park it outside, yes. be able to look at your business brutally honest yeah. and, like you talked about, we don't, it is a little scary. We don't know what our customers are gonna say, yeah. but that's okay. And maybe they won't say what you like, but guess what? That's a gift yes. by them telling you what's not working gives yeah. you the opportunity to make it right. Because exactly. if they're feeling it, others will. Exactly. And if they don't tell you, if you don't give them an open, honest venue or forum or way to do that, you'll never know. And yeah. ultimately it's gonna harm you. So yeah, I, I love it. Like anything I've ever done, whether it's, learning other languages or, or one of the other businesses I've done. I always say, like, please correct me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care. I have no ego. I can only improve. But if you don't correct me, I'm going to keep sounding stupid. And I won't right. know that what I just did was wrong. So bring it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're not aware of something, we can't fix it. We don't know what needs fixed. We don't yeah. know what needs changed. And the same goes for the other stuff too. The, the positive things that we're doing right 
if we don't actually invite feedback on that, allow somebody else to come in and look at the process, you don't realize the things that maybe you without thinking put a perfect process for something in place or have something really working well. So there really is two sides to that um, in terms of getting that feedback from somebody. So I know you've got a checklist that helps people actually go through and apply some of this. Let's talk about that for a minute. Sure. So, um, I, yeah, this is a, a gift. I welcome um, any of you to take advantage of and to use, you know, it's again, we, you and I talked about a lot of this seems commonsensical, right? Like it just seems so obvious, but clearly based on Yelp, like you said, it takes three <laughs> minutes to realize that it may be obvious, but it's not being applied. And so yeah. this checklist will help you kind of look at some, some broad stroke things. Yeah. And of course there's so many levels yeah. deeper you could go with that, but this checklist definitely will give you a good start. And I'm always yeah. available to answer any questions or look at what's happening in your business, how some of these could apply. Yeah. Um, and then of course, actually after that, there's a lot of great other awesome. good information and gifts that come along with that first check, cool. you know, after the first checklist. So the checklist itself is uh, how to easily increase revenue with intentional client satisfaction. I love that subtitle on it. Yeah, yeah. That's, the key. that's, that's huge. Just being aware of these things allows you to not be in that 80% who think they're delivering a great experience and aren't because it is easy to get just caught up in delivery and in focusing on getting things done in your business and not really looking at the customer service side of it and how that affects everything else in your business. So guys, to get a copy of that, you can go to jillraff.com forward slash CX checklist. And there'll be a link near wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast today. So you can just click it, go grab that and look and see, because you're going to find a couple of things on there that maybe you haven't thought about yet that you can implement in your business or that you can shift around to increase the customer experience from wherever you're at. Even if you know it's already great, take a look at it and see where you can make it even better for your people, because that will not just have them coming back for more, continuing to invest with you, uh, but also bringing their friends and family along with them. And that's what really makes a business grow. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing some of uh, quite an interesting life journey in this space. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. Always fun to speak to you, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, for everybody listening, please uh, leave us some comments. Let us know what are your questions about customer experience? Uh, what have been maybe some of your good, bad, ugly, whatever you would like to share, you can do that below the video if you're watching on the website. So just go over to theartofgivingadam.com. You'll find this episode there if you want to have a, a bit of a conversation with us about it. I think this is a, a hot button issue for a lot of people because we've had those great experiences and those not so great experiences. And I know that as business owners, we only want to create the amazing experiences. So again, thank you, Jill, for coming on and sharing some ways that people can, can start to look at that a little bit differently and approach it in their business. Thank you. Giving a damn is what it's all about. I love Absolutely. your title. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us back for another episode again soon.